Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. John White, WebMD's Chief Medical Officer and host of the Spotlight On series from WebMD's Health Discovered podcast. For this special two-part episode, you'll hear up-close and personal journeys about being diagnosed with a rare type of cancer, multiple myeloma. He looked at me. I have been his patient for more than 20 years. And he said, this is really strange. You're an African-American, age 57. I've never seen this before. This back pain that you're continually having with no signs of osteoporosis. No signs, exactly. And I didn't have any signs of osteoporosis in my family history. Listen to Health Discovered on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Coach Steve Show podcast, where, of course, this is your Illini post-game show. They just came off the big win versus Michigan, the mighty Michigan Wolverines, which have had back and forth with fans of that team for a while. Well, just a select few, just some. Illinois gets the big win, 93-85 to over Michigan in Ann Arbor. Big bounce-back win from... That Ohio State game where we came up a little short, we discussed that already. Uh, Yes, I am by myself. We are live on YouTube. We're live on Facebook. We're live on Twitter. Yes, it is just me. Uh, My co-hosts, Brad and Nathan, Coach West. Uh, Coach West does have a child. If you did not hear the last time, he did have a newborn child. He's not a newborn anymore, but, you know, Kids come first, so Coach West's uh, monthly check will come in a little late because he had to deal with his kid. Uh, Brad, you know, lives that Florida life. He probably hanging out with Tom Brady or Jameis Winston or Pitbull or somebody. That's where Brad. That's what Brad does, living in Florida. So it's just me. Brad might hop on here uh, if he does. We'll welcome him in. If not, it's just me. I apologize. It's just me. But welcome. We're going to talk about. This Illinois versus Michigan game that is now over. We wait a little bit to let it sink in. Uh, great game. But before we dive into that, if you're watching on YouTube with us live, hit the like button, hit the subscribe button. It helps get the show out there. Uh, when you listen to this in audio form later on in the future, uh, follow it, rate it, be a friend, tell a friend. Uh, it can be listened to anywhere you listen to your podcast. 
The podcast is brought to you by the Belly Up Sports Podcast Network. If you go to bellyupsports.com and check out all the podcast blogs and other media out there, I do believe there's over 70 podcasts and there's a bunch of blogs and everything for everybody. So go check all that out. Um, this podcast is also brought to you by Coach Stone Football and is back to the basics, books, and drills. Us football coaches, you know, you're going to come up on your spring ball. We're getting closer to summer. Um, hopefully you've been trying to get simpler, more simply, simply, you know, all that. Uh, so Coach Stone has just the thing you're looking for, his Back to the Basics book series. So if you go to CoachStoneFootball.com, click on Back to the Basics uh, football drill manuals and everything. His very first book is over 500 pages. Uh, so if you go to that website, click on that, you'll never have to look up another drill again, I promise. Thank you, Coach Stone, for sponsoring the podcast. So we're going to dive in again. We are currently live on YouTube, we're live on Twitter, we're live on Facebook. Uh, Coach West was going to be here with me, uh, but again, like I said, uh, his kid does come first, so again, his monthly check will be a little late, his his monthly uh Bitcoin, or not even Bitcoin, I can't afford Bitcoin anymore, his Dogecoin, uh, and his crypto will be a little bit later, so he will just get that monthly Brad, you know, live that Florida life, like we said, he'll be on a little bit later, maybe, if not, it's just me, so apologize that you guys have to deal with me, sorry, currently sharing this out there to the world. If you're watching it, uh, leave a comment, uh, be a part of it. Let me know you're here. Give that thumbs up, subscribe. So Illinois traveled to Ann Arbor and I am fully, I fully believe that Juwan Howard got suspended so he wouldn't be 0-6 versus Brad Underwood, but Michigan came in, you know, hosted Illinois. Illinois went up to Ann Arbor. Michigan was with, without their head guy, Juwan Howard, because, of course, he did the whole, well, the five-hand say to the face, smack, you know, smacked a coach. He really wanted to punch him with the assistant coach, and we discussed that. So, uh, thank God Illinois did not lose to Michigan because I don't know if I could bear to be on social media if Illinois did lose to Michigan. But Illinois had that horrible – 15-minute stretch versus Ohio State, and then at the end, started to get it back, and they continued that. They continued where they left off with Ohio State. They came out, and they shot the ball well. And one thing I've said about Illinois is they need more than one guy, maybe even two people scoring. They need three starters to do decent amount of scoring, and they need somebody to come off the bench, if not a couple, to kind of give – um, some points, uh, and Illinois got that. They had guys scoring that were starters. They had it off the bench, and they had contributions, and everybody stepped up and played, and they were hitting shots, and a really cool thing was they went in, they went to Kofi, but they also were still moving around the perimeter, which I've said a million times on the show. Anybody that listened to me talk about this, I've said it. When Illinois just stands there and waits for Kofi to give them the ball, he's going to get double teamed no matter who you play. You've got to move. And you saw really good ball movement too, which was something we haven't seen. And then another thing we saw from Illinois was good dribble drives into the lane. Now, there were a couple times dribble driving into the lane. We didn't go up for the layup. That's part of the thing that concerns me because you saw that against the Rutgers. You saw that 
during that comeback against the Northwestern. We saw that type of thing earlier in the season against Cincinnati. Illinois is very good at getting to the lane, and they're very good at kicking out, but sometimes they fall in love with the idea of kicking out. There were a couple of times in this game versus Michigan where we dribble drive perfectly, and instead of two dribble shooting is what we called and shoot it, they want to drive to the lane, and they kick out because we want to shoot this three because we start to fall in love with it. But a good thing that I saw today, we did that, but then when we got back into dribble and into the lane, we actually went up for the ball like to get layups. Illinois is more dangerous when they dribble into the lane and they're getting layups, when they dribble in and somebody else cuts to the basket. that They are more dangerous driving into the lane, another guy driving, dish it off for a dunk, dish it off for a short-range shot or a layup. They are more dangerous doing that than kicking out for a three, and that's what you saw today. We saw both. But that's why Illinois, people still talk about them being a Sweet 16 to a Final Four team. They have that type of talent. They play that type of way. But the, the, the problem is we don't do it consistent enough against the teams like Cincinnati's and the back comeback with Northwestern against Rutgers and then Ohio State where we give up this 10 to 15 minute stretch of horrible basketball. And then you see glimpses of it. Well, today you saw more glimpses of a good team. Now, only winning, you know, nine, you know, 93 to 85 where we could have won by more, you know, we were up by more at times. Now going to talk about Michigan here a little bit. I don't like Michigan basketball because of Dewan Howard. Never really hated Michigan basketball. Um, I do sympathize a little bit with their football team. But with basketball, not a fan because of what Juwan Howard does and says and this whatever. But I am going to give credit. This year, they have not played well. They started off real rough. They were, at one point, playing to be an NIT team. Like, they were not playing for an NCAA tournament team. During this game, they were talked about being picked as one of the last four teams in. I don't know if I see that. depends on how they finish. Michigan now has to play Michigan State, Iowa, who was ranked now, and Ohio State. They could lose all three of those. Now, if they lose all three of those, are they still considered a final four team in the NCAA tournament? Probably not. I could see them losing all three. Michigan State beat Purdue. Michigan State played against Illinois pretty tough. So I don't know if they'll beat them. The only team on here they can maybe beat is Iowa. But Iowa is starting to play better. Iowa right now is 10-7 and seven in conference, 20-8 overall. I mean, they, they're they not playing bad. Michigan State's 19-9 overall, 10-7 in the conference. Michigan is 15-12, 9-8 in the conference. So they could lose all these. But I will say this. Without Dwan Howard, they came in and beat Rutgers, where Rutgers was on a roll. You know, Rutgers is right above Michigan. They're 10-8 in conference, 16-12 overall. I So I will give them credit. I don't want to give them credit. Um, but to come in and beat Rutgers was Rutgers beat four ranked teams in a row. They took these teams to house. They took Illinois, wiped the floor with them. To come in and win without Juan Howard, I give those kids credit. And like I said, I'm, I don't like Michigan basketball at all. I don't want them to do well while Juwan Howard's there, anything like that. And any of my friends or coaches' friends, I think of one in particular who I get along with, who's a Michigan fan. I'm sorry, that's just what I feel now. What I mean by that is I just want Juwan Howard to do well. But I'm going to give credit where credit is due. From a fandom, that's how I feel. But from a podcast and from like trying to be a person and everything else, there is somebody out there that's a Michigan fan that is just has blinders on 
And that's all they see is Michigan, 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 and that's all they see. There's nothing else. They want to talk about Brad Underwood should be suspended for yelling at a ref, which is utterly ridiculous. But I will give credit where credit's due. They at one point were talking about NIT play. Now people are talking about them being in the last four in. They lose the next three games? Probably not. Um, But that's still, I mean, going from like you're playing for an NIT, struggling to play, to playing better. And against Illinois, they did good things. They are starting to figure out how to play as a team. And I'm talking about Michigan. Michigan is starting to figure that out. And dare I say, they look like they played better as a team without Juwan Howard. Hmm, interesting. But, I mean, they've beaten teams. This, you know, they've just been up and down, up and down. You know, they've you know, they've beaten teams that are smaller schools than them. Um, but then... They don't really have a lot of impressive wins. Uh, Maryland has beaten some teams they've beaten. They beat Indiana. Um, that's bad. I mean, then they did get a win at Purdue, which helps them. They did beat Iowa earlier in the year, but that's when Iowa, you know, a couple weeks ago was not playing the same. But so they just kind of been up and down. It's been inconsistent, similar to Illinois. But they have been playing better watching them today. They were playing better. Michigan hit a lot of contested shots. Illinois' defense was eh, at times, I don't know if I want to say 100% bad, but it was eh, at times. But there were times they closed out, tough closeouts, hand in their face, and they hit shots. Um, where Illinois' defense broke down was um, driving into the lane. They allowed a lot of layups, they allowed a few fast break opportunities to keep Michigan in the game. But I give credit to Michigan. They rebounded really, really well in the first half. In the first half, they rebounded great. They were beating us, I think, almost by eight or ten rebounds at one point um, in that first half going into the second half. And that's one of the things where Illinois, if you don't win the rebound margin, they don't do well. And so to see them losing the rebound margin by that much and we were winning, um, it's pretty good. That's a pretty good um, – that just shows how – good Illinois was playing on offense today. And it's the type of thing, you know, I went into the game a little bit worried um, because they don't have to want Howard losing to Michigan is going to be a little embarrassing. But, I mean, Illinois was up at 1.50 to 38. So, I mean, they're up decent. And then Michigan just kept coming back within, you know, anywhere from uh, I think it was like 6 to 10. They kept fighting back to get to that point. Um, The closest I think Illinois let it get, um, I believe, was – like it was 80 to 76, I believe, 81, 76. So and then it got to 80 to 70. Then it got to 89 to 83. And then Illinois just kind of continued. They hit some free throws. Illinois' free throws, they were 50 to 25, still struggling there. 10 points off the board is huge. Um, that's 60% free throw. But the three-point was a lot better. 10 of 17, 58%. We shot 56.7% overall. Um, Michigan were really, really good at free throws, so it's a good thing we were up. We didn't have to start fouling. They were 22 of 25 for free throws, 88%. Um, their three-point struggle, but the ones they did hit were contested. The two-pointers they hit were contested watching it. Then Illinois finally won. See, when Illinois wins the rebound battle, they win. They had 28 rebounds versus 26. So even though they only went by two, it's just the thing. When Illinois out-rebounds them, no matter what it is, one or two, they win. So to be down almost close to 10 rebounds to Michigan at one point in the first half, I believe eh, it was 6-10 to 10, somewhere in there. 
and we come back and win, which is great. That just shows the greatness of Illinois and how good they can be. And so going back to what I said before, we need starters to really put it on the other team and not get in foul trouble to score. That's what we did. Kofi, it seemed like at one point Kofi was going to have a bad game, and then he kind of turned it around. He was 11 to 15 um, shooting. Then he ended up with 27 points. He only had one foul, which was really, really good. He ended up with um, seven uh, rebounds, two offensive rebounds, five defensive rebounds. He ended up with 27 points. And then Plummer shot pretty well. He's eight of 12, six of nine from three, continued from his Ohio State shooting. Um, he ended up with 26 points. And then Trent Frazier got his groove back a little bit. He still played his defense, but he got his groove back on offense. Played a lot of minutes. He played 38 minutes. Six of 11 shooting. Three of three from three point. He had that one big three at the end to help us push the lead even farther. He ended with 17 points. So when you get three starters, 26, 27, and 17, that's great. And then Corbello played a lot of minutes. 20 minutes off the bench. Um, You got to see the lineup with Corbello, Frazier, um, Granderson, I believe. It was him or Hawkins. And then Kofi. And then we got to see that type of um, lineup with, you know, two type of point guards that could bring up the ball. That's a decent lineup. Um, we got to see that a couple of times. Corbello ended with 12 points, five of seven shootings, 0 for one on threes, but he's two for two on free throws. So, and then Hawkins, you know, he had a great game versus Ohio State, probably one of his better games, like an overall of defense and offense. Comes in and has six points. So I'm not saying that's great off the bench, but if you look at Michigan off the bench, he only had. Six two and two, so we outscored them on our bench. Um, now they're starters for Michigan. Uh, Houston had twenty one, Jones had twenty five, and Dickinson had thirteen. So bench production helped us with Corbelkin off of twelve and Hawkins with six. Um, but just you know, when you have three starters getting score, I said this before. When you have starters scoring between fifteen and I said twenty five. Now if you get up to the twenty seven, that's just icing on the cake. When you get guys scoring like that. It puts you in a great position. Um, and I said that you can't have just Kofi scoring 25 to 30 and everybody else scoring like 5 to 8. You need somebody scoring 20-some. You need someone scoring between 15 and 25. Another guy scoring like that. You need guys off the bench scoring. And then you got to play defense. Now, we did play defense a little bit, but we're getting to the point now where guys are going to have to wait to the score. They're going to hit tough shots. It's just that point. You know, we're getting literally about to be March. March Madness. And so guys are going to hit tough shots. You're going to close and hit tough shots. So it's going to come down to you coming down, um, executing on offense. You can't come down empty-handed. Um, we had a lot of fast break opportunities as well, which was great to see Illinois. Illinois is Illinois can be good at absolutely everything in basketball, but where a lot of some of their strength is that we don't see enough of is getting that rebound, fast break, the other team being discombobulated, and we either get that, you know, shot or we drive into the lane and get the layup so we see those type of things from Illinois we don't see it all the time you know it's just been really inconsistent but we saw a lot of that today now they've got to clean up on defense and Brad Underwood is not about to sacrifice defense just because of offense you saw Plummer a couple times go under screens when he probably should have been trailing and then there was the one with the uh, double screen where he was trail I think he went under the, the double screen and he was supposed to go over it because it's one thing to go under one screen, but when you got two screens to go all the way under, when you go under a double screen, he can pop it back. Um, he can just stop and shoot, especially when the next guy doesn't shoot through. I think he might have went under. And he didn't guard the screen the way they wanted to. Each coach is different. Coach is going to say trail it, fight through it, especially a double screen. Someone's going to say go under. It, it depends on the coach. And he took him out and then put him back in for a while. 
at the end there. He's not about to sacrifice defense for offense. And some might say that's Underwood's um, – that'll be one of his faults. You know, like you're taking Plummer out who has 26 points. You need him in there to score. and But he's not going to sacrifice defense just because he thinks you're going to score a basket or two. Because we all know it starts on defense. When you play defense, it puts your offense in a better situation. You can't go out there and say we're just going to focus on offense and then whatever happens on defense. Because on offense, you miss a shot. It leads to the other team to come down. And since you don't play defense, they're going to hit a shot. So Coach Underwood is not going to sacrifice defense for offense. Um, but it was great to see Illinois play better. Kofi went, but came back to being Kofi and hitting those shots. Um, there was a lot of times they let him go one-on-one, which was shocking. Then they were just really, really late on their um, um, double teams. But Kofi is also one of the worst ref players. He does he he gets he had one foul. I'm not talking about him fouling people. I don't think he really I think he actually played good defense today. But he gets mauled. He is in there. People are grabbing at the shoulders, grabbing at the arms, they're plowing him. And it's hard for them to to ref him because he's so big. And so they're trying to figure out like, is he just that much stronger than everybody? Well, yes. But there's times he just gets mauled and there's no call. So a couple of those missed uh field goals he had. There were times he was getting pushed out, pushed while he was trying to score and, and everything else. They got to figure out there needs to be a meeting with the Big Ten refs and just say, hey, some of these big guys in the Big Ten, Kofi and other guys, we need to ref them better because he just gets mauled. He gets hit in the face or pulling on his arm. They're coming on that double team and he's trying to turn their blast into him. And he just doesn't get the calls that he deserves and, you know, works hard to try to get those calls. So he really needs to, they need to have a meeting and to say, this is how we're going to ref Kofi Coburn. This is how we're going to ref these other big guys. And because he he gets mauled. And I'm not talking about just him. There's other guys produce have big guys and everything else. I just don't think every team has a big guy like that. So they don't really know how to ref, but get over it. That's your job. You got to figure out how to ref it. Um, but it was great to see Illinois actually hitting some shots. It was great to see them playing somewhat of defense. And at the end, they Michigan started to come back. But again, watch the film. They hit a lot of contested shots. And this is a team, Illinois is a team, that can make a type of run when they play like this. They can win the regular or the Big Ten tournament, the, the regular season Big Ten. I, I don't see them winning it, but it's still, like, crazy right now. Um Wisconsin is 14 and 4 in conference, 23 and 5 overall, which some people didn't expect. Purdue is 13 and 5. They're 24 and 5 overall. They're a game back behind Wisconsin. And then Illinois and Purdue are tied. They're a game back. They're both 13 and 5 in conference. Now Illinois is 20 and 8 overall. And if they were to tie, let's say Purdue and Illinois somehow for first place managed to tie, Purdue would probably win because they beat Illinois twice. Ohio State's two games back. Um, but man, Wisconsin. Coming out of the, you know, coming out of the woodwork there. I mean, some people are talking about how people are so shocked that they're good. I'm not necessarily, I'm a little bit that they're this good, but I'm not at the same time because you never count on Wisconsin. They're one of the best fundamental teams out there, you know, that we've, year in and year out. Um, Now, Wisconsin's got two games left. They've got Purdue and Nebraska. They can beat Purdue, 
But if they lose to Purdue, that puts Purdue back near first. And if Illinois wins out, that puts them back near there. Um, but I could see Purdue winning the regular Big Ten. So I'm not. I'm kind of over Illinois maybe winning the regular season Big Ten because then Wisconsin will wipe Nebraska. Like there won't be no question about it. Um, but Michigan or Wisconsin being up there a little bit shocking, you know. But they're always good. Um, so I'm kind of jumping off the Illinois going to win the regular season Big Ten. You know, it's it is what it is. If they do, they do. It's great. But at the same time, we're we're more work. We're more focusing on. They've got to try to win the regular Big Ten tournament. Um, but Illinois needs to try to win out. They have a tough remaining schedule as well. Um, they got Penn State, which they can beat. But, again, it's the Big Ten. You never know. And then Iowa. But if Illinois wins out, puts them in a good spot. Um, I don't see Purdue losing uh, the rest of their games. When you're looking at the regular season Big Ten, you know, Purdue's going to end with Wisconsin, which Wisconsin could beat them, but it's a tough one. And then Indiana, tough one. But I don't see Purdue. Purdue could win both, but I can see Purdue also beating Indiana. Um, so the regular Big Ten winner is coming down to literally the wire. Um, Michigan's got a lot of games left, like we've already talked about. They've got a lot left. You know, some people might talk about that being unfair, but got a lot of games. You had some that probably rescheduled, how the schedule works out, everything else. Um but great to see Illinois bounce back from that Ohio State game. Hopefully, the, hopefully, I thought Rutgers would be a wake-up call. Ohio State is good, so don't get me wrong. I, maybe Ohio State is that wake-up call where they figure they're going to hopefully figure out you know the next the rest of their schedule. They'll they'll you know win out, then they get a game or two by in the Big Ten tournament and come into the Big Ten and hopefully do some damage. Um, hopefully that was kind of like a wake-up call and they figure it out. Um, but, you know, Illinois gets the win over Michigan. Thank God I would not be able to show my face anywhere if they didn't win against Michigan. Um, Michigan's got a rough road ahead, uh, especially without Juwan Howard. But it also seems like they played – they beat Rutgers without him. And I don't think they played that bad against Illinois without him. They hit a lot of tough shots. Illinois contested a lot of them. So Michigan seems to be playing better without him. Um does that say anything about Juwan Howard's coaching style? Again, I'm not going to dive really into that because you got to know exactly how he coaches a game, know exactly what is said at practice before we start saying anything. But kudos to Michigan. to be They beat Rutgers, and kudos to them today. They played a lot better than I thought they would. They have good players. They were hitting shots. They were hit, getting good drives to the lane and layups. So congratulations. We're not, not even congratulations, just – Good job to them for playing better than what I thought. Because like I said at the beginning, Michigan was playing for an NIT at one point. At one point, we said Michigan will play in the NIT and they do not belong in the NCAA tournament. I'm not saying they belong in the NCAA tournament. But when you got the people doing the brackets, they're putting Michigan as one of the last four in. If they lose the rest of their games, which is very, very, very possible, they shouldn't belong there. But again, it's called March Madness for a reason. So there is a small chance that Michigan somehow put, gets put back into the the NCAA tournament, which which is crazy that they could find it at that point because we had talked about earlier in the year how Michigan what didn't have a strong Big Ten schedule at the time was struggling in the Big Ten, um, but then they started to play better and they've continued that. Then they had the big the thing with Juwan Howard and Wisconsin. But they're playing better, so they could be a, you know, they could be dangerous next year to to, to build off of that. Um, but 
Trent Frazier, you know, showed his leadership at the end, hitting the big three, uh, you know, and played good defense. And it was great to see Corbello get a lot of minutes. He's got to get back in shape before we get diving into the Big Ten tournament, NCAA tournament. Um, you know, I think the Illinois team would look a lot different if he never was sitting out and was never hurt. Um, but yeah, Illinois gets the big win. We now we move on. Um, Illinois going to have to play Penn State next um, on March 3rd. So they get a few days off to prepare. Um, Penn State is 7-10 and 10 overall in the Big Ten, 12-3 and 3 overall record. They're six and a half games back. Um, so we can't overlook Penn State again, but this is not a team to overlook. So hopefully they can get that done. I don't think Purdue or Penn State has any like big wins. Now they did beat Rutgers way back when. But then they've lost to their north, they, and they beat Iowa as well. So I mean, they beat Michigan State. They've you know, so they have a couple wins again. Big Ten is crazy; it's a meat grinder. So, um, but that wraps it up. Um, talked about everything I want to talk about. If Brad was here, we could elaborate a lot more. Um, so Brad will not be getting his monthly um, crypto. Coach West will because he used a uh, child day, so he will get that. Hopefully, they come back on the podcast again. I'll be looking forward to try to watch Illinois play Penn State and then finish out with Iowa because I hate Iowa basketball more than Michigan basketball. Um, So anybody that watched, thank you for watching. Make sure you like the video. Hit the subscribe button to the channel. It just really helps out the show. Um, If you're listening to an audio form, rate it, uh, follow it, rate it, be a friend, tell a friend, all that good stuff. How you doing? Keep it moving. Um, All that good stuff. Check out all the affiliates in the description below. Um, Thank you guys so much. Check out weekly episodes. Uh, and again, check out everything. Leave a comment. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening or watching. This is Coach Steve, the other episode of the Coach Steve Show podcast. We are out of here. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready.